Today we're going to be talking about how the way you carry your bag sends secret messages. <laughs> so get ready for a discussion of subtleties that send signals. Welcome back to the Pebbled Leather Podcast, where we love smooth and pebbled leathers. <laughs> My name is Lisa Goddard, and I can't seem to stop talking about leather bags. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe. I post new episodes every Wednesday. The title of today's episode is Sending Secret Signals by How You Carry Your Bag. And we'll be looking to the Queen of England for some advice. So grab your leather bag and let's go get on this road. Happy Wednesday, everyone. It's time for your midweek pick-me-up. Oh, I just love recording podcasts. I know it's kind of like... um is it narcissistic because you're talking to yourself in an empty room? It might be. And I apologize. I don't want to be narcissistic, but I do really love handbags. And, you know, there's not that many people that want to talk about handbags as much as I do. So as a last resort, I go to podcasting. <laughs> no, I, here's why I love podcasting. It's not just that I like talking because I'm probably more of an introvert than anything, so I probably don't really do that much talking in my life. I don't know. I guess that's debatable. But anyway, <laughs> the reason I love listening to podcasts, which is very different from, you know, making podcasts, but let me just tell you why I love listening to podcasts. When I was a little girl, I remember loving being in the same room as my mother and aunt when they were like chatting it up and laughing hysterically and just going through all the different emotions that a conversation can go through. And I was able to be a witness to it, but I didn't have to participate. I didn't have to expend any energy. I could just sit there, whether I was in the backseat of the car or whether I was sitting on the couch or wherever I was, I could just listen and not have to participate. And I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, this is why I love podcasts. I especially love podcasts where there are two people at least on the show because you can enjoy hearing the back and forth banter, the rhythm of conversation, all that fun and you don't have to participate. And really, you guys, as adults, when in life do you ever have that opportunity? Never. Unless maybe like, you know, your cubicle at work is near somebody else's and you can overhear their conversation. I don't know, but it wouldn't even be that interesting necessarily. I, I just, that's why I like listening to podcasts because I love listening to people talk, but I don't necessarily want to participate. Anyway, hopefully that's not the only reason why you turn into, tune into this podcast. Michael is not on the show today, so I hope I'm not disappointing you that it's just me. And I hope the real reason why you're here is because you love to talk about leather handbags or to listen <laughs> to someone else talk about leather handbags. Anyway, so thank you again. I feel like we're really getting a nice, loyal group of listeners because you guys are tuning in on Wednesdays. I really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm seeing like good numbers in the analytics of people that are regularly tuning in right away. 
So thank you so much. I thought this was interesting to share with you. 91% of you are female and 9% of you are male. So there are some guys listening to the podcast, which uh, I'm very grateful for. Um, but yeah, that's the breakdown of um, our listeners so far. <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys about a leather giveaway I'm doing on my YouTube channel. So be sure to go over to that at youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. There is a video there um, where I talk about the giveaway and how you can enter. And the winner will be announced January 1st. It's real easy to enter. All you have to do is like comment, like, subscribe to my channel, and... Um, to Margot's channel. We're doing a collab together and we're each giving out um, a gift uh, that is made of leather. So hopefully you will like that. So definitely, definitely check that out. Your three question quiz this week is Number one, which is better, full grain or top grain? Number two, this is an analogy. Remember those from your SAT days? <laughs> Outside is to nubuck as inside is to blank. Can you figure that out? Outside is to nubuck as inside is to blank. And number three, what type of leather became popular in the United States in the 1930s thanks to the Duke of Windsor? Hmm. Okay, ready for your answers? Let's use the honor system. Number one is full grain. I think people confuse those a lot because when you think of the very best you probably think of like being top of the class or, you know, whatever. So top often comes to mind when you think of, you know, the highest level. But uh, in this case, the best kind of leather is not top grain, but rather full grain. So full grain is going to include the epidermis, um, which is that outside skin level, skin layer um, of the hide. And Actually, maybe I shouldn't even use the word skin. That's layman's terms. Epidermis is best. And that is that outer side of um, the hide. Um, it is not sanded down. That is key. Um, whereas top grain doesn't have that outer layer. Uh, it, they go down a little bit lower um, and further into the hide where it is less high quality, less durable. Top grain is still really good. There's worse levels, much lower beneath that. Um, but yeah, between full grain and top grain, both really good. But full grain is much better, much stronger, much more desirable, much more durable, and <laughs> much more expensive, as you can imagine. Um, number two. So that analogy, outside is to new buck. The way to figure this out is to ask yourself, what's the relationship between the word outside and the word nubuck. And if you look up what nubuck is, it is um, leather that has been sanded down um, from the outside of the hide in order to create kind of like a velvety surface, okay? So nubuck, again, is a leather hide that has been sanded from the outside. The second part of this analogy is inside is to so here you would think, oh, okay, so what 
do we call the type of leather that is sanded from the inside of the hide? And that would be suede, okay? So outside is to nubuck as inside is to suede. <laughs> Number three, um, what type of leather became popular in the U.S. in the 1930s thanks to the Duke of Windsor? It was actually nubuck. Um, so apparently uh, he came here on a royal visit and he had these beautiful Oxford shoes that were made of nubuck. And ever since, like it just took off here in the United States and people loved it. So that's, um, that's the story of how it became popular here. <laughs> Today's leather confession is a bit of a story. <laughs> so I bought these boots shortly after I got married. Um, they were expensive. They were tall. They were beautiful. I loved everything about them. And I wore them all the time. Like as soon as it started to get cold, I was in these boots every winter, every fall, through the winter. They were just great. Had them for a couple years, kept them in great shape. So then one day I went to my favorite coffee shop and I got like a breakfast sandwich and I got a mango smoothie. And I'd like to put the blame on my infant son, but I don't think I can. I, I don't, I think this is completely my fault. So I spilled some of my mango smoothie right then and there in this cute coffee shop right onto my favorite boots. And it it wasn't both of the boots, it was just the one boot. Anyway, and the yucky mango smoothie stain went from the top of my boot and you could see how it dripped down in chunks and <laughs> blobs until it got down all the way to the toe of my boot. It just looked awful. So I'm driving home with my son and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I, I got this. It's okay. I will fix it. You know, these boots have done so well all these years. I don't know how many years I had them at that point. Maybe, maybe it was only like a year or two, but they had looked good. And I said, you know, they can handle this. If they can handle everything else, they'll be fine. So I get home and I try, I can't really remember all that I tried, but I looked up everything online and I tried every product that I had. I tried every technique. You guys, nothing, nothing was making the stain come out. And I was so sad. So I ended up retiring the boots, but I could not throw them out. I knew that I couldn't wear them because they looked absolutely silly. Although I think I tried maybe one or two times to wear them out. But then I was like self-conscious the, the whole time. I thought, I thought to myself like, well, maybe people will think like, oh, she must have just spilled something on them tonight, you know, but <laughs> I really wanted to keep wearing them. But anyway, so I retired the boots, yet they stayed in my closet and I thought maybe someday I'll figure out what to do with them. So like a year or two passed, I was busy with motherhood, plenty of other stains were happening. <laughs> and again, can't blame my child. It was really just me anyway on clothes and whatnot. It's just me. But um, then all of a sudden, one day, I shot up out of bed at night and I had this idea. And I was like, I know what I need to do. I know what I need to do. And I don't think I woke my husband, but I did tell him as soon as the sun came up. And I was like, I'm going to get a breakfast sandwich at my favorite coffee shop. I'm going to order a mango smoothie. Actually, I'm going to order two mango smoothies, I did. And I'm going to bring home 
the second one and do something crazy with that mango smoothie and my boot. My husband was like, oh no, <laughs> you can imagine. I think you know where this story is going. So yeah, so I got home, got in the tub or put my boot in the tub anyway, and I proceeded to spread my new mango smoothie. I hope this doesn't like gross anybody out or freak anybody out. All of you leather purists like I normally am, <laughs> but I took the mango smoothie and I spread it all over the boot. Oh, I forgot to say before this, I waited a little bit until the lovely, um, topping the white foamy topping that was what is it like cool whip or I'm drawing a blank um you know that white stuff that you put on top of drinks whatever totally blanking whipping cream or something I don't know anyway I waited until that melted in with the mango smoothie because I had remembered that when I spilled it the last time I had kind of stirred it all together and it was a mix so I wanted to make sure I had the exact same concoction so I do remember I waited until it was fully mixed and kind of all became room temperature <laughs> anyway and then I took a washcloth and I just covered both boots actually with uh, yes, mango smoothie. You guys, you only do this if you really, really care about a pair of boots. And I really did. I cared about these boots. I, I didn't need another pair. They just fit me perfectly. And I didn't want another pair. And they didn't actually make that same pair any longer. Anyway, do you want to know how the story ended? <laughs> it actually ended really, really well. Now, first, I need to tell you that after dousing both boots in mango smoothie, um, the first immediate problem was that they were very sticky and as it dried, it just got stickier. And so I, I did have to act quickly. I didn't anticipate this. I, I believe I then reached for just a wet washcloth and I started kind of rinsing off the excess. And then I, you know, kind of went for another washcloth and then I patted everything dry. Anyway, long story short, the boots both became the same color and it it was okay everything was a little bit darker but it was manageable and the scent was pleasant <laughs> um anyway so then after that and giving my boots like plenty of time to dry and recover from that strange experience I then you know went to town with various leather conditioners I forget what my favorite brand was at the time but I just did it all up and the end result was my boots looked awesome you guys it was fantastic I started wearing the boots again I got many more years out of them I only got rid of them I don't know a couple years ago so they must have lasted like gosh maybe eight years um they were awesome and I wore them like I said every day of every fall and every winter <laughs> but yeah the mango smoothie solution uh really was the solution <laughs> to my problem. So that is extreme, but I just want to present to you guys that if you ever have an unbearable stain on one of your leather bags or, or something like that, or a shoe, whatever it is, you know, if you can't get it out professionally or you can't get it out with professional products and you've truly tried everything that they recommend online, then just go ahead and douse the thing with the same thing if you can. Um, because, you know, basically you just want it to be an even coating, right? So yeah, that's my, my leather confession for you this week.
today's leather lingo word of the week is marbling. Thank you to Melissa who gave me this great idea. Wonderful word. Uh, marbling is an adjective to describe leather that looks like it has pull up, but when you run your finger on it, it doesn't really move. So thanks for that great uh, definition, Melissa. Marbling, you know, could also mean that it has, you know, veins or mottled colors in it, but marbling, what a wonderful adjective. My personal pick this week is Erica of Girl in Pursuit. If you have not checked her out on YouTube, she is so much fun. She only started recently, I feel like it was about a year ago, um, she just boom arrived and I just was like, oh my gosh, she's so much fun. She's so quirky and so cool. I always tune in for her bag reviews, but I low-key am also there to see what glasses she's wearing because those are ever-changing. Those and her earrings, so much fun. <laughs> but anyway, check her out at youtube.com slash girl in pursuit. Um, there's no spaces or anything. It's just girl in pursuit. And the way she spells pursuit is with the word purse. <laughs> Love it. So it's P-U-R-S-E and then S-U-I-T. She has an Instagram as well. I would link over to that from her YouTube because I think there might be some underscores in that. But she's so much fun. She talks about handbags mostly, but also thrifted fashion, decor, lifestyle. Um, she is a whole ton of fun. Check her out. All right, you guys, let's talk about sending secret signals in how you carry your bag. First, I want to talk about what the Queen of England does, if you didn't know about this already. And then we're going to talk about what we already do uh, with our bags and what messages we're sending. And then we'll talk about some signals that we should add to our repertoire. So if you didn't know this already, the Queen of England, she loves, loves, loves her bags. Um, Lawner London, I believe, is the brand of the handbag that she typically carries. She has like 200 of them, apparently. And um, yeah, so I, I had so much fun like researching her bags and what she does with them. And before I get into that, I want to tell you something really cool. And I never thought about doing this, you guys, but I think it's awesome. Uh, the Queen of England always keeps a collection of little good luck charms given to her by her children. And apparently there are things like miniature dogs, horses, saddles, and stuff like that. They clutter up the bottom of her bag and they're just for her when she's reaching in to be reminded of her precious children. How cool is that? So I'm thinking like, like I am thankful that my children have given me little things from time to time when I'm leaving the house to be like, oh, mommy, take this with you to remember me. You guys, I think the next time they do that, I'm not going to give it back because like, how fun is it to like see a small toy at the bottom of your bag and be reminded of someone who loves you? I think that's really cool. And if you don't have children, it can be somebody else in your life that is significant. Get a little something from them and let it clutter up the bottom of your bag. Oh, so cool. Okay. So that was a neat little tidbit that, um, that I learned from the queen, but, <laughs> um, 
here's some interesting facts. So the Queen of England is rarely seen in public without her purse. She's always got it on her person. Um, just like I guess she always has an outer coat on as well. I don't know if you've noticed. She pretty much is always wearing a coat and that handbag. So very formal. I love it. She is a fashion icon. Um, her handbag is always carried on her left arm. I thought that was interesting. I would assume maybe that's because she's right-handed and she wants to have her right hand free. I'm not sure, but she's always carrying it on her left arm, which is interesting because I'm a righty and I'm always using my right arm for my handbags. But Anyway, always carried on the crook of her left arm. Uh, she carries in her bag, in case you're curious, a fountain pen, which, woo, that's a little risky because, <laughs> first of all, carrying a pen is a risk because, my goodness, there could be a leak, which is like death to leather, but a fountain pen in particular, oh, but anyway, she, like I said, she's got 200 of them, so she's good, um, but she carries a fountain pen. She carries lipstick with her, lozenges at all times, a comb, and reading glasses. And she doesn't usually carry cash, apparently, except for five pounds for the Sunday collection at church. So she's well covered there. <laughs> but she does use her handbag to discreetly send cues to her staff. And I think this is so, so classy. And I want to do this, you guys. I mean, maybe we're actually doing it without even realizing it, but we can do it better. So let's talk about what the queen does do. So apparently, if she moves her handbag from one arm to the other, it signals to her staff that she's ready to wrap up the conversation. And when she does that, usually within a few minutes, one of her staff members will come and kind of um, gently come into the conversation, whoever she's talking to, and excuse her out of the conversation or whatever, like kind of be like, oh, you need to go this way. Love it. So that's, that's how she tells that she needs to get out of the conversation. Um, if she places her handbag on the floor, it sends the message to her staff that she is not enjoying the conversation. <laughs> so I guess that means like, come help me, you know, um, redirect this because I am not having fun. So mm, you don't want to see her purse on the floor if she's near you. And then if she places her handbag on the table at dinner, it means that she is ready for the night to end. Ugh, so if you see her do any of these things in your presence, you guys, you're going to have to like up your ante, up your game or whatever, because she's not enjoying herself. I think it's interesting that of these three messages that she conveys to her staff, they're all negative. So she really uses her handbag to call for help, right? To get out of a sticky situation. <laughs> so um, it just makes me think about what I need to do. Um, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Let's first talk about what we are already doing. So I decided to do a little more research to figure out, you know, am I doing anything like the queen is without even realizing it? Am I sending messages to people with the way I move and carry my handbag? And you guys, the answer is yes. According to my research, the answer is yes. And you're doing it too. So let's talk about what it is you're doing so that you can either do more of it if you like it or less of it if that's not what you want to convey, okay? So let's talk about 
the nook. Okay, I talked about this in a previous episode. So the nook is when you hold the bag in such a way that it is clearly on display. It can be seen from almost any angle. And if the bag is held like this, you know, at the side of the body, it projects confidence. Okay, so you're, you know, the front of your body, for example, is completely clear of all barriers. And a lot of times you will see women, especially in the spotlight, holding their bags this way, including the Queen of England, right? Um, so, you know, the nook, carrying it, you know, maybe like on the crook of your arm, but to the side of your body really displays confidence. And if you do this with your handbag, you want to make sure that you also have really, really good posture. You want to lift that neck and pull those um, shoulder blades back, right? Because the handbag is projecting confidence, the rest of your body needs to do the same. Um, and then you're going to look not only confident, but at ease um, and commanding. Um, so yeah, give that a try. If you you know, if you want to display confidence, um, use the nook. <laughs> now let's talk about the tuck. Okay, the tuck is a little bit different. This would be if a woman tucks a bag that has handles under her arm. Okay, so so the bag doesn't have to be carried that way because it has handles, but she chooses to tuck it under her arm. And it sends the signal that she is relaxed and not overly concerned with her appearance. And I want to give credit where credit is due. The most awesome article I read, although I read several articles on this topic, um, it was by Jessica Vince of Harper's Bazaar. So thank you, Jessica, for all this lovely information. But um, yeah, so if you want to convey that like easygoing, relaxed, not overly concerned with your appearance, go ahead and do that tuck. Don't bother to use the handles. Okay. <laughs> but um, you got to be careful in how tightly you grip when you do the tuck, because if you grip it too tightly or you're squeeze, squeezing it and pressing it too hard against the body, it actually will send quite the opposite. It will send a signal of being insecure or nervous. So just be careful how you do the tuck. <laughs> it could go one way or the other. And then, of course, there's the dangle. We spoke about the dangle in a different episode as well. Um, anyway, if you do the dangle, this would be like holding the bags by the the bag by the handle, but maybe putting it in front of your person. Like maybe both of your hands are holding onto the handles, and then it's right in front of you, kind of. It can look cute, especially if it's a small bag, um, but you're holding the bag in front of you and you're kind of like hiding behind it. And so it almost looks like you're using your bag as a barrier to the outside world. And what that sends is a message of self-doubt. So you might want to not do the dangle. <laughs> now, of course, like every woman is different. Every way we project things is different. So maybe the dangle works for you. But a lot of times, especially... If that bag is in the front like that, it can it can show self-doubt. Now, I know if you travel, you probably do this. If you're traveling and you're going to be in crowds, a lot of times you do want to have your bag in front of you as opposed to the side of you or back of you just, you know, for, for being safe. Um, and I get that. So, you know, maybe in those situations, 
it's okay to have a, well, but see, you don't want to convey self-doubt. And actually, some of the best ways that you can not convey self-doubt is to make eye contact. Did you know that? Like, I learned this a couple years ago, that like making eye contact shows the people around you that you're really um, confident and strong. And that's interesting because I sometimes would not make eye contact when I was feeling confident simply because I didn't want to engage with anyone around me. Like, let's say I go into a store and I am on a mission. I got to get something done. I'm in and out. Um, don't mess with me. I'm not looking at you. I'm sorry. I sound like a terrible person, (laughs) but I used to think that not making eye contact conveyed confidence. Anyway, the point is that's not true. Um, Wherever you go, you do want to make eye contact because it shows that you are aware of your surroundings and people don't mess with you as much. So pretty cool. Anyway, that's the dangle. Let's talk about the shoulder. This is probably me and probably most tote bag wearers. Um, the shoulder is is a really great way to show confidence if you wear your handbag on your shoulder because again it keeps the front of you clear um you're you know you're open and ready to the world um and it just kind of sends the signal that you know you're not hiding anything you are there um you know take me as i am kind of thing um so that's the shoulder but do be careful on how that bag hangs because if you are clutching it kind of pinching it between your armpit there and shoving it up to the front because you want to like be aware like you know like again if you're in a crowd situation I, I get it like you want to have that bag as close to the front of you as you can um, but that does convey um, nervousness so if it is more freely hanging on the side of you if not pushed to the back slightly um, that conveys more confidence Okay, and then let's talk about the grab. Um, <laughs> the grab is just, um, it, it takes some practice to pull this off effortlessly, but it, it, it basically can go one of two ways. So if you just grab your bag almost haphazardly, it can convey confidence to the onlooker, um, especially like if it ends up going on the side of your body, again, because you want to keep that front open that displays the confidence um and also it's great when you have a bag to the side of you because then um your outfit can be seen and not hidden um however if you do the grab and you are using it as a shield um then you're going to project that sense of insecurity so anyway think about how you carry your bag and whether or not you are conveying um, confidence or whether you're conveying insecurity. So thank you to Jessica Vince. Um, Take a look at her article. It's on harpersbazaar.com. Really, really a neat way to think about what we're conveying. Um, Anyway, though, it does make me wonder, I need to like think about I need to talk to my family members and I need to come up with ways that I can signal and cue others with my bag. Because when we go out, I've always got my bag with me. And a lot of times, depending on where we are, I need to communicate certain things. Maybe to my kids, I need to be like, quiet down or simmer down or 
stay close to me or whatever it is. Or maybe to my husband, I need to say like, hey, I'm ready to wrap it up. Let's get going. You know, we're going to be late or whatever it is. Um, Sometimes you do really want to convey something without your words. So maybe I need to think of a way that I'm going to move my handbag or place my handbag like the queen does. And maybe if I train my family members, I'll be able to uh, communicate well with them. What do you think? I think it's worth looking into. (laughs) Okay, so let's make your handbag homework or your bag business, gentlemen. Let's make it to talk to your significant other or your children or your family members and come up with a silent signal that you can use with your bag to signal whatever (laughs) message you think is important. Like, time to go. I think that would be a really important one. Or, you know, behave. That is a warning. (laughs) Or, you know, can I talk to you privately? Uh, Because, you know, sometimes the the stink eye just doesn't always work, does it? Like sometimes you just can't get that message. So try to train your loved ones um, with simple, simple gestures um, with that handbag, okay? (laughs) And uh, share with me what you come up with. I'm excited. You can always DM me on Instagram. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Pebbled Leather Podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lisa Loves Leather. Watch my bag reviews and enter my leather giveaway at youtube.com slash Lisa Goddard. We'll see you on Wednesday for our next episode. In the meantime, spread the word and please share on social media. And until then, keep carrying those leather bags. Bye guys.